Hey love, welcome to the show. Today I have Yoritza here with me and she is a certified coach through the John Maxwell team and her heart, her heart and her passion is for leadership. She actually has a leadership program, a course, and all of the links and all the goodies will be down in the show notes. Today, we are talking about how to start stepping into a leadership role in your life. And that could be even in what feels so mundane, what feels so monotonous sometimes, but really shifting our mindset around what it means to be a leader. You do not have to be in some high up on the totem pole role to be a leader. And we're really going to be sharing with you our perspectives on that, some mindset shifts that you can go through. And then also, of course, practical tips, practical steps, and then also some journaling prompts. Hey love, welcome to the show. My name is Devani. I've been in the mental health field for about five years and I have my master of social work. Every episode, you'll hear faith and psychology-based mindset and emotional wellness tools to help you start taking better care of yourself, feeling more present in your life and your business, and creating your life by design. Let's dig in. Okay, so let's just dig right in to one of your favorite nuggets or quotes or verses related to leadership. Now, this is going to be a fun one. It comes from John Wooden, the legendary um, college basketball coach for UCLA. Um, And he says, when you're through learning, you're through. That is my absolute favorite quote because it just says that we should be lifelong learners. You know, it shouldn't end when you're done with school. It should be something that we strive for every single day is to learn something new. So, yeah. I love that. So good. So today we're going to be talking about leadership and that's like a huge passion for Yoritza. Am I saying it correctly? Mm -hmm. Or Yoritza. Yoritza. Perfect. (laughs) Okay. Perfect. Um, So that's like one of her huge passions. So tell me like, why is that concept so important to you? The concept of being a leader? Going back to John Wooden, I found one of his books. He's the first one who introduced me to positive leadership. Um, I've never heard of him. I found his book at a library. Um, and it's not the type of book that I would have normally picked up because it talks about um, basketball. You know, I don't really care for basketball, but I grabbed his book and I took it home. And I just remember this book teaching about his coaching and leadership styles. And it, there, in there were stories about his, um, his players. And they were telling stories about the type of coach he was and the way that he had impacted their lives. And I remember sitting there reading this book and I started to cry reading these stories. You know, I had never realized and understood the impact of a good leader. And John Wooden taught me that. And that's why it became so important to me because I'll share with you in a little bit of my experiences with leadership, but I had never had a good one. And it came to me through John Wooden, through his book. So um, why is it so important to me and so passionate? Why I'm so passionate about it is because leaders, good leaders can have such a positive impact on other people. Yeah, that's so powerful. And we were talking just briefly before this about this concept of what a leader is and Mm -hmm. how so often when we hear that term, we picture, you know, someone in a leadership role in the church or someone in a leadership role in a company or an organization, Mm -hmm. whereas we're all called to lead in some way. And so that's what I love so much about this concept that you're sharing, that you're sharing about and that you're so Mm -hmm. passionate about. 
Yes, absolutely. That we are all leaders um, from a CEO to a stay-at-home mom. I mean, you're leading. John Maxwell says that leadership is influence. Nothing more, nothing less. Um, so it all comes down to who are you influencing? You know, you can, as a stay-at-home mom, you're influencing yourself, your kids, your family, the, your community around you. Um, so that is really what a leader is. I love that so much. And I think it's so empowering too, especially when we think about, and especially in the pandemic right now, I think a lot of people feel like the day-to-day is really monotonous, which Mm -hmm. is super valid. Like it can feel very monotonous, but really shifting into that mindset and reminding yourself, like I'm a leader, whatever role I'm in right now, I have the opportunity to be a leader and to lead and influence in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And I think that going back to the quote, when you're through learning, you're through. I think when life gets monotonous, gets boring, just gets mundane, um, a, a lot of times I feel like that happens because we're not pushing ourselves a little bit. You know, like what can we do different? Um, what can I learn that, you know, that kind of challenges my thinking or the way that I'm my day to day life? Like right now, um, my least favorite part of our day is probably the afternoons. Like when the boys come home from school, you know, they do their chores, they do their homework um, and they relax for a little bit. But then we have like about an hour or so before dinner time. That's probably my least favorite time because I feel like I don't know what to do with that time yet. Like, um, so that's the kind of thing that I'm looking, you know, that I'm talking about trying to find ways to change up your life. Um, so that go, that means for me going to Pinterest, ideas for, <laughs> you know, what to do with my kids during this time, you know, go for walks, go to the library, you know, just um, changing it up, keeping it fresh. I think that helps too. Yeah, that's so good. And when you're sharing that, what I'm hearing too is like just really being so intentional about the perspective that you're having on whatever situation it is that you're going through and continually asking. And this is a huge part of our faith journey, right? Is continually asking like, what can I learn from this mm-hmm. or how can I make this more purposeful? And those questions can be so helpful when we feel like we're mm-hmm. in just kind of a monotonous season, or like you said, like there are just chunks of your day or parts of your, you know, your week that don't feel very exciting. Yes. Um, and journaling. I know you're huge with journaling because I love it. Um, and I think you're the one that taught me the medical side of it, that it actually has positive effects. And it's true, even when you're feeling like any kind of way, I feel like journaling has always helped. So if I feel bored, if I feel upset, if I feel sad, for some reason, writing those things down kind of helps me process it and then kind of clarify, okay, then what can I do different? Uh, or, you know, just kind of learn from those experiences by writing it down. So yeah, I'm yeah. a proponent for journaling. <laughs> yes, I love that. Me too. And it's so interesting. And I love that you follow up with like, so there's so many different purposes and ways of journaling, right? Like mm-hmm. things to get out of it. But then I love that you follow it up with, okay, what can I do from here? Mm-hmm. And I think that's such a huge practice to add on. So whatever mm-hmm. it is that you're journaling, adding on, okay, what can I take from this? What can I do, right, Mm -hmm. to shift or to implement or to take action on this is Mm -hmm. so huge. That's so powerful. Yes. So so did you want to share something? No, I was going to talk about my end of the month reviews. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, let's do it. Because those are super important for me too. And it all goes back to journaling because I journal every day pretty much. Um, And then I do an end of the month review where I sit down and I have these set of questions, kind of like questions or prompts or anything like that um, to kind of get me going about looking back at what happened that month. 
um, and I'll go through all my journal entries and I can see things that I've forgotten about, you know, what God spoke to me this particular day or what I learned this day or, you know, where I messed up, man, I really sucked that day. I could have done better, you know, and it's almost like you go back to those journal entries and then you can reflect what you learned and what you can do better for the upcoming month. Because I feel like if you don't take the time to reflect, then you're going to just keep making the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting. And I love that you said that because so often I think we journal, and this is something that I honestly can do better. We journal, which is super helpful and effective and powerful in its own, you know, in its own way, but then taking the time to look mm-hmm. back on like, okay, what was spoken to me? What did I experience? And taking the time to reflect on that. That's so, so powerful. Mm-hmm. So thank Love you for it. sharing that. So let's talk a little bit more about just leadership for you and like what that means to be a spirit led leader in like whatever season we're in. What does that mean for our listeners to be a spirit led leader, to step into that role? To be a spirit led leader, first you have to realize that you're a leader and you have to go all the way back to the beginning. You know, when God created us, the ultimate leader, God, Um, he created us in his image and he puts us on earth and then he says, let him have dominion, you know, and then you jump forward to the gospels, you know, in Matthew, when Jesus is telling us to be the salt and the light of the earth. Um, He's telling us we're called to lead. If we're a Christian, we're leading other people and we should be leading like Jesus. If you look at Jesus's life, man, you know, the God person coming all the way down to heaven to become man, how humbling, you know, to go through life like like we go through life, but yet um, lead in a way that was kind, that was loving, that was humble, but yet so powerful and have such authority in who he was and what he was called to do. Um, it's just amazing. And that's how we should be leading like Jesus. You know, we need to realize that we're leaders and then we need to know what we're supposed to be doing here on earth. And then knowing that he's with us, giving us the power and the authority to do what we're called to do, just do it, you know, but also developing ourselves to, to, you know, because when you say leaders, people can get a big head, (laughs) you know, it's like, Oh, you don't have all this power and stuff, but we have to realize, you know, that he was humble, you know, that he was kind, that he was generous, that he was loving. He was serving, you know, he was a servant leader, you know, he washed his disciples feet. I mean, seriously, you know, this is the kind of leader that we should be. So, yeah. I'm so curious if you have any thoughts, because just how you're describing this is such a powerful shift that I'm hoping that, you know, people will be receiving is this concept Mm -hmm. of like stepping into Jesus like leadership is kind of what I'm hearing, right? Mm -hmm. Like Jesus like leadership. And so what I'm wondering And kind of some thoughts that are coming up for me are, I think a lot of women specifically who are listening to my show or who are in my community struggle with this difference between, I want to stand in the power and I want to stand in the authority, but then kind of either questioning themselves or not wanting to get a big head or Mm -hmm. right. So it's almost like, like we want to stand in that, but there's so much resistance because we're worried about, you know, getting too much ego or being too powerful or too much of the self. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on that? And like encouragement for women to stand more in that without, you know, with just also creating that balance of still being humble but mm-hmm. also standing in the authority and the power that we do have. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. Um, 
it's it's a balance to know to be bold yes and authoritative yes um but yet be humble i think that is a heart issue um i think it comes from your intentions um i think if we are wanting to stand in what god called us to do in that authority it's easy to get a big head when you are you know your video goes viral or you get all this attention and then that's a very fine line to walk if you're not taking care of yourself i think that your time with god should be important that you know keeping your pride in check should be important yeah. um having a, a good um circle around you you know who were like you know what you were kind of you know, I can call you out when you're acting a little snobby or whatever um, that can bring you back down to your level. But I think honestly, you know, I, it's funny because I just had this the other day. Um, I was really excited um, and I felt like God had really spoken to me and really clarified my vision. Um, and then I went on a walk and I was listening to some music and sometimes it's not all Christian music. Oh, you know, um, and I got convicted about a certain song that I was listening to. And normally that wouldn't have affected me, but I feel like when God calls you to different levels, there are certain things that aren't allowed anymore. You know, that's like, um, that you need to be sensitive to when God's speaking to you. So when you say something and God or the Holy Spirit convicts you, you need to be responsive to that. Um, Cause if you don't, then that's when you begin to kind of walk a dangerous path. So it's very important. I hope that all made sense. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like, you know, doing, doing the inner work to where we're able to step into that power and that authority, right. Which then lets us effectively lead and more boldly lead and like step into our purpose and into our calling, but also at the same time, having people around you who are going to hold you accountable and really tuning in to the spirit, having that time with God daily so that he's able to continue refining your heart and your mind and keeping your priorities straight. Right. Because we're not perfect. I mean, and God knows that, you know, but it's just a matter of us keeping in check with God. Okay. What, what can I do better? You know, and if you messed up, be okay with God, please forgive me, Lord, you know, help me do better the next time. Or what should I do different? You know, being open to that correction and to that, um, doing things different. Yeah. What else, what else would you share on just being a godly leader or like how women can start stepping into that role in their own lives? What would that look like? Do you think, or what do you, what's, what's on your heart related to that? To be a godly leader is just leading with your heart. Like let people see your heart. Um, I've had experiences with church leaders, um, you know, that they, their impact was not a positive one. And it was because they weren't letting us see their hearts, mm-hmm. you know? So all we saw was the, I look perfect. I'm perfect. I'm better than you almost type of um, facade, you know, which probably wasn't intentional, but because they weren't willing to show their hearts, that's all we saw, you know? So I think being a godly leader means you know, that you care for people, let people know that you care, let them see your heart and show them, don't just say it, you know, but, but show, show them and then encourage people. Everybody needs an encouraging word, (laughs) you know, don't be, don't be um, stingy with those encouraging words, be, give them out freely, smile at people. I mean, just 
these should be natural things that we do as Christians. You know? What you're sharing is so powerful though, because I think sometimes we undervalue or you know, just don't realize the power of those small things. And, Mm -hmm. and so I love this shift that you're creating with a concept of being a leader and what that means, because it's not like you have to be in some huge, you know, Mm -hmm. up at the top of the totem pole role, but Mm -hmm. really like you mentioned something earlier about being a leader is right. The influence that you have and it's influencing people. That was one, right. Am I totally butchering Mm -hmm. that quote that you said? No, that's uh, John John Maxwell says that, uh, Leadership is influence, nothing Perfect. more, nothing less. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So, so when we think about that and like when, you know, when listeners are hearing this and hopefully receiving from this, just really thinking about the small and simple ways that you can lead. And so I love that you just shared those really simple and practical things that you can do that are genuinely going to create some type of influence, mm-hmm. smiling at someone, holding the door sharing an encouraging word. And I think so often we do get, or we can get a little nervous to share, you know, to share encouragement with people sometimes, cause it can feel really vulnerable, but I love that you're just encouraging to do those smaller things, but that can be so impactful and can really influence someone's day, someone's life. We don't know. That experience is the best teacher. Cause I've had a lot of bad experience with, with leadership. Um, three dads, you know, my biological and two stepdads who were nowhere to be found to haven't seen or talked to them in a long time because they just left. Um, two horrible bosses, like devil wears Prada type, <laughs> you know, that kind of make it in the bathroom and cry type bosses. Um, two church leaders who just didn't have an idea of what the heck they were doing, you know, that I feel like they made more of a negative impact than a positive one because, um, they just didn't know whether they didn't know how to lead. Nobody taught them. Um, I, I'm not really sure, but I feel like I've been hurt, disappointed, let down a lot by leaders in my life. So for me to um, have somebody who can be positive and call out something good in you is really important. You know, like mm-hmm. if you have that person who understands that they're a leader, um, that their actions and what they say and what they do affects others around them. Um, is really important, but also to call out the positive, you know, like call out that um, potential that somebody has. I think that, you know, it's missing. I know I didn't have it growing up and I wish I did that somebody that could see, Hey, you know, you're really good at this. Why don't you try this? Um, Like with my son, my oldest son, when he was in fourth grade, he, um, he came home with a flyer to join the, um, the drama club. And I said, oh, honey, this is really cute. You know, you should go check it out. I think this would be fun for you. And it's like, no, mommy, I don't want to do that. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, because it's probably going to be all girls. And, um, you know, like he just didn't want to try it. And I was like, honey, well, you, you, you need to at least go check it out and try. And if you don't like it, that's okay. So he ends up going, he ends up liking it, and he ends up doing it, right? So the first couple of shows were really small parts, but then his fifth grade year, he, they were doing Aladdin as their last school play. And he, you know, he, you know, courged up to audition for the part and he got it. He got the, a part of Aladdin, which I thought was amazing, you know, but had he never stepped up to try it, you know, he would have never experienced that. And it's probably one of his proudest moments because, you know, that was a big deal. I mean, he sang most of the most of the play and stuff. And it's just, it brought out some really good things in him, but, you know, not, not to toot my own horn, but um, 
had I not pushed him to try it, he would have never done it. You know, sometimes we need those kind of people in our lives to just push us and challenge us to, to be what God's called us to be. And I think that's part of a leader. Yeah, that is so powerful. So I'm like over here taking intense notes because you're saying things that I want to make sure we can come back to. You said something about just the power of acknowledging other people's strengths. And like you said, a lot of us, you know, didn't have that growing up or didn't Mm -hmm. have that maybe as much as we would have liked growing up, you know, even if we did have it a little bit. And so really that is so, so powerful and definitely a huge part of the work, you know, like what I've studied and things like that. It's just, it's wild, the power of just Mm -hmm. acknowledging what people are good at and just the positive reinforcement of whatever people are doing. That's like, you know, just amazing and what they're doing well. And I think so often we don't take the time to do that. Mm -hmm. And then on another note, you said what we do and what we say influences other people. And I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we forget that and we're just Mm -hmm. so focused on, you know, our own inner stuff, whatever we have going on, whether it's in our life, whether, you know, it may even be like, we're really caught up in our self-doubt or we're really caught up in wondering what other people are thinking, Mm -hmm. where it's like, rather than focusing on, I like, we have the power to say and do things that can really impact people in a really positive way and really shifting our focus onto that and taking the time to acknowledge that can be so powerful. Absolutely. And a lot of people have issues with believing in themselves. You know, if they didn't have somebody like this, I have a friend of mine who's um, going through my course. I have a call called, I have a leadership course called You Are Called. And she started it, but never finished it. She told me, I'm not a leader, you know, that's straight up what she told me. And I was like, okay, that's fine. You know, if you don't want to, and that's not what I'm saying. You know, when you say you're a leader, it doesn't mean like you have to walk around and yes, I'm a leader now. And, you know, like say it like, like that. It's more of an acknowledgement, but she had a hard time acknowledging it, that she was a leader. So recently we were chatting, you know, about something she was going through. And I said, could you please finish my course? please finish my course you know just because I knew what was going on in her and I knew what she was going through and I knew that it could help her you know if she would just stick with it so she started it again and then she's towards the first you know the first part of the course at the end of it you do a vision board and um so she texted me a picture of her vision board and she said thank you for thank you for pushing me to do this you know sometimes that's all you need you know just an encouragement, just girl, you can do it, you know, and sometimes I understand we fall into our funk and, you know, and things happen, but to still have that person to just, just do it, yeah, <laughs> you, know, to, you know, to see that passion that they have for something, but yet be doing other things and not be fulfilled. So I was like, you know what? I remember you told me about this, that really like got you excited and passionate. What about that? <laughs> what about that? Yeah. I just love that you're, you're just really affirming the power of, and like, I'm looking at both sides of it. So it's like the power of those people that we have in our lives, right. Mm -hmm. Who encourage us, who push us out of our comfort zone, who are like, you have more potential and are more Mm -hmm. capable than you realize, which is what God sees, right? Like God Mm -hmm. sees that God, God knows the plan. He knows what Mm -hmm. his plan is for you, what the purpose is, what the calling is but often we question that. And Mm -hmm. so the power of having someone around us who is able to see more of our potential than we can Mm 
Mm-hmm. And then on the flip side of that, also the power for us to be able to be that for someone else mm-hmm. and realizing the power of that and how, when we see that we need to have the confidence and the courage to speak that into someone's life, because, you know, if we need that, we know that other people need that. And just to think about how powerful that can be for someone. Absolutely. And when you were saying that, what it reminded me of is Jesus, when he came to die on the cross for our sins. I mean, like what he did was no, it's no joke. I mean, what he went through, the pain and the suffering and the, you know, but, and I understand that it was for us to be forgiven of our sins, for us to be able to go to heaven, you know, but not only that, you also read in the Bible where he wants you to have a life that you enjoy, you know, that it's not just about living and getting by, but it's about living your life to the fullest. And I feel like when we're not living up to our potential, we're doing God a disservice, you know, to his sacrifice, to just be living Monday through Friday, eight to five, you know, your job and then come home, watch TV, have dinner. And then that's it. I mean, I understand that's probably the American way, but it doesn't have to be that way. And even if that's your life and you still do something that you're passionate about, that's good too. I'm not trying to down it. But what I'm saying is that, that I feel like us not living to our potential is a disservice to him and that we should be striving and learning and challenging ourselves to God. What is it that you want me to do? What, Mm -hmm. how can I help somebody else? How can I be a blessing? Yeah. And I think a huge part of that, and I think what you were trying to to say, and I'm just going to say it again, because I think it's so powerful is like, (laughs) we're not trying to, you know, downplay what, what I think we're trying to say is like, if you feel a calling on your heart, if mm-hmm. you feel a nudge, if you feel like there is more than where you are, mm-hmm. it's our responsibility to move towards that, right? But if, if someone's feeling fulfilled and whatever, you know, simplicity, what whatever that looks like, if that feels fulfilling, then, mm-hmm. you know, that's what you're called to right now, right? But um, yeah, definitely thinking about like, if we're called, and that's just such a powerful way to look at it is, and I think so many people can struggle with that, a feeling like they either don't deserve to reach for that, to reach for more, to reach for whatever that purpose or calling is that may feel so exciting, but also so unknown. And I've had that conversation with women before about like, especially as helpers, I've had that conversation with a lot of helpers, just thinking about, am I called to enjoy and create these boundaries and do, you know, all these things that feel extra versus I know that I'm called to serve. And so that's what I'm doing, but am I allowed to want, you know, the joy, the abundance, the prosperity, you know, inner and outer, but like kind of that questioning it, like, is that okay? Is that available to me? Does God want me to have that? Absolutely. I think God definitely wants you to have it. I mean, I mean, the Bible says you're blessed, you know, to be a blessing, you know, that you're the head and not the tail, you're above and not beneath, you know, that, I mean, there's so many things in the Bible that says about how we're to be blessed, but that may look different from people. But then we also read in the Bible about the apostle Paul, how he was content in whatever he was in, whether it was little or it was much. So I don't think it has to be about us having stuff all the time, material things and money. It's more about where's your heart? You know, are you okay if this is it? You know, if this is as much as God gives you, are you content and happy with that? Um, You know, but that doesn't mean he's not going to give you more, you know, but he wants to know your heart. 
you know, is it just to be showy? Is it just to be, you know, to show people, oh, look at all the stuff that I got, look, all the blessings and all that. That's, that's, that shouldn't be our focus and that shouldn't be our heart. Yeah, so um, when, good. when you were talking earlier about um, how, about how we think about, you know, getting all the things, I, for me, it was more like fear of failure that people have and then fear of success. Um, fear of failure, obviously, we all, I think, have that, but it's just a natural thing that we just fail and we learn from it and move forward. <laughs> That's just, if we're okay with that, I think that we will be much happier, you know, if we know that at some point you're going to fail. But for me, it was the fear of success. But the reason that I feel like I had the fear of success is because I knew that it was going to require more of me. Like I told you how I was convicted about a song, you know, like little things aren't allowed anymore and not in a bad way, but because God's calling you to certain things, it's going to require more of you. And I feel like people are afraid of that. They're like, oh, I don't want to have to be responsible for more. I don't want to have to, you know, to have to, you know, take it, take responsibility Mm -hmm. for what I say, what I act, what I watch, what I listen to. Um, And I think that's, that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so interesting because you can simultaneously have both a fear of failure and a fear of success at, at the same time. So, so taking the time, you know, whoever's listening, like just take the time to ask yourself, you know, like, do, do I have, you know, a fear of failure? Do I have a fear of success? And mm-hmm. something that you said, um, oh, I totally just lost it. Something that you said was so powerful. Hmm. I, I lost it. I lost it. That's okay. It's okay. It happens to me. <laughs> That's okay. Okay. We'll come. It'll come back. Um, and then let's see if there was anything else. Yeah, I think I think the big takeaway that I would love for whoever's listening to really just reflect on is really thinking about. And of course, like I love giving out the journal prompts, right? So thinking about like, what does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to me to be a leader? What would it look like in my life to step into more of a leadership role? And again, that does not have to be within an organization that can just be in your life. What would it look like for me to really step up and be more of a leader in my life? And I think so much of what we've shared is really just thinking about what type of influence do I want to have? How Mm -hmm. can I make more influence? How can I have more of a positive influence? How can I have more of a whatever that is, right? Because your words, how you want to influence people may be different than how other people, and that's what you're called to. And I think that's so powerful. I'm so glad that you shared so much on this topic today because it's going to be so powerful for women to be thinking about this. What type of influence do I want to have? How can I start stepping into more of a leadership role wherever I am and whatever season I'm in, whoever I'm around, even Mm -hmm. if it's your kiddos at home and you're doing distance learning? Absolutely. Because how you handle yourself at home speaks volumes because they see. I mean, you can tell them, you know, what to do, what to say, how to act, but they're really watching you. And that's really what they're learning. It's how you're acting. Are there any last minute like nuggets or tips or anything like that that you would want to leave with our listeners? I think that the two would be one, just to realize that you are a leader. I mean, just 
accept the fact that you're a leader, take responsibility for that. Um, but then secondly, just like you said, how, how does that look like in my life? And then begin to develop yourself as a leader. You know, what does that look like? You know, how can I be a better mom? How can I be a better wife, employer, employee? How can I, I positively influence those around me? I love that so much. So acknowledging yourself as a leader and then really diving in and thinking about what, what can this look like or what am I feeling led to have this look like? Yeah. Read the books, listen to the podcasts, you know, learn, become better. Yeah. And maybe if you don't have any right now, that's totally fine. But maybe down below, if you have any suggestions on where people could get started, a couple of your faves, I know that you mentioned John Maxwell and Joyce Myers. Yeah. Are there any other off the top of your head or if not, I'll put them down in the show notes. Um, off the top of my head. No, I have several that I listen to. Um, but I have my course, my You Are Called course, that it's a, a great place to start. Um, and I made it super affordable for everybody because I didn't want money to be an issue. It's only $24.99. It is, it, it is the first part of four, but it's a great place to start. Love it. If you love this episode, it would mean so much to me if you headed down and left a rating and a review. Or take a screenshot and post it on Instagram and make sure to tag me. Thank you so much for being here, for spending your time with me, and I hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day.